Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Okay, welcome back. I don't want to waste any time. I'm going to get right into this. I want to start off with some election-related things. I have some education-related things as well, and then it leans into sort of a little bit of jab analysis and sort of the ultimate equalizer is what I would call it. That's going to continue to happen and only ramp up in the future. And then, of course, this week is going to be interesting because apparently Donald Trump is giving a speech on Tuesday. A lot of speculation as to what that's going to be about. Some people are saying it's him running for president in 2024. Other people are saying he's going to reveal a lot of or declassify a lot of classified information or at least reveal the larger scheme regarding voter fraud. And a lot of back and forth. And ironically enough, on the exact same day, George Bush, the former president, and uh, Barack Obama are giving a, I guess, separate speeches on disinformation, quote unquote. So the irony is palpable, not an accident. And yeah, so let's dive in here. I want to revisit a couple of posts here that I, I didn't read and, and haven't read yet on the show, but, but certainly wanted to. The first comes from Vanessa Hurst, and she, of course, has been a guest on the show numerous times, I think at least nine times, from Kentucky. She worked the election in Kentucky on Election Day in the county where she lives, and here's what she sent me. And I put this out on Gab that very day, but I wanted to read it here. Uh, she said, quote, I'm currently working election. Let's just say it's going to be a mess for a lot of reasons. I'm just going to say from a very small scale perspective, but an inside perspective at that, it's not going to be fraud from poll workers or county officials. It's going to be fraud from companies that maintain the machines that are being used to scan ballots. I'm not even sure it's going to be fraud so much as gross negligence to maintain said machines. Machines keep going down across the state. We are running out of ballots. The voter turnout is astronomical. Then in some counties where the machines are going down, you have people tearing up ballots, wasting them because they're mad somebody had a lunatic idea to come in and just start tearing the hell out of some ballots. So one county is completely without ballots. Waiting on them to be printed in Frankfurt, we are running out of ballots here in this county. This has never happened before, but they're all legitimate people voting, which is the crazy part, unquote. I certainly know that to be the case in the county where I am. We knew that the voter turnout, we were told the very same day, that the voter turnout is the highest that it's ever been. I'm certain it's, it, it was that way all over the place. And there's an analysis, again, that was made by Milo Yiannopoulos when he was on Tim Pool's podcast, which is fantastic, because he, he, he very singularly destroyed Tim Pool and his entire whatever, whatever you want to call that, his sidekicks, whoever they are, <clears throat> all these guys that are incapable of taking a hard stance and they just ask questions, but then there's a bunch of questions that they don't ask. It's rather embarrassing, but Milo destroyed them. And I highly recommend going over there and checking out that episode. I don't agree with Milo Yiannopoulos on everything, certainly his past actions. But here's what he said, and he was 100% right. He said, what we were waiting for and what we wanted to see, and we, we certainly proved it with our voter turnout, is we want the full destruction of the Democrat Party. 
We want the full destruction of the establishment. All of them. We want them all gone. We want nothing but independent, non-blackmailed Americans, purebloods, in office, running the show. That's what we want. We do not want anybody who affiliates with any other outside entity or takes money from outside entities. That's what we want. And Milo said, that's not what we got. And as a result, yeah, we're disappointed. Without a doubt. Voter fraud as well. You have to take that into account because that happened. And it is voter fraud. But we want the complete elimination of these people. We want the elimination of anybody who seems even slightly nefarious eliminated. We want them gone. So he had that dead right. And I, and I liked that approach. And again, Tim Poole, you know, he gets this look on his face like, well, what do you mean? That seems like, uh, it seems impossible. He just gets that look on his face like, again, he smelled something terrible. Well, that's the truth. And this is difficult for a lot of these people to, to grasp. Which brings me to this then. AJ Gochik sent, uh, sent me this text and I wanted to read it here. Again, this coming from California. He said, quote, hey, Sean, a good friend of mine who worked on several local Republican campaigns in California and who worked as a poll worker from the early morning hours until the last in-person ballot was counted, shared his observations and thoughts with me. Would you be interested if I copy and paste each text message to you? Really interesting throughout. I said, absolutely. He said the following, quote, here it goes. I may combine a few texts in with each following message. Had to explain to people that California has another month of ballot counting and to not concede. Lots of counties report 100%, but that is only election day in-person voting. More ballots have been not counted than have been counted. Lots of good people poised to win in down-ballot races, time will tell. I saw many Republicans walk in and ask for a ballot while surrendering in their mail-in ballot. I even saw a barfly husband and wife do this. This is, very this is a very sophisticated request for your average voter, let alone a voter like that. I had one election official complain to me about how much that was happening. I believe the message was successfully circulated to Republicans, quote, hold your ballot as long as you can, unquote. I think mail-in ballots that are a month old will lean Democrat. Mail-in ballots closer will lean Republican. But there is a more important detail. The in-person mail-in ballots dropped off at the polling place are not counted for days. I bet there is not a single polling place in the state that had more in-person votes than in-person drop-offs rather than mailed in. That is the second safest approach. I bet that will lean Republican. I can't vouch for the other states, but anyone trying to call a California election right now, I think is operating on a 20 or 30% of the info they need to do that. Maybe existing trends will continue. I theorize, though, that the uncounted ballots lean Republican in California. He said, that's it for now. And I said, sounds solid. Seems like that's happening lots of places. And then, of course, this happened on the Gateway Pundit a few days later. 
It's titled Santa Clara County Registrar of Voters Investigates Bag Full of Ballots Found in California Mountains. It says the ballots were found inside a deep ravine by a woman who was riding her motorcycle. Julie Neiman, the woman who spotted the ballots, told KSBW, quote, They were trying to make it look like people wouldn't find them. That's the way I saw it. They were dumped over the edge of a road, down this steep ravine. It goes pretty far, and it's very steep. This, of course, was reported by their NBC affiliate in the Bay Area there, on certainly on their Twitter account. And it said, uh, let's see, the anyway, the Gateway Pundit continues, and it says, after the discovery, many voters were notified about their ballots never making it to the correct destination. According to NBC, Janet and Lou Whitkin were in disbelief to find that their mail-in ballot was found inside a ravine and told NBC how. How did it get from the mailbox to Santa Cruz? Lou Whitkin dropped off his ballot at a San Jose postal office, so to find his ballot was over 32 miles in the mountains has left him searching for answers. Well, keep searching, because it's called voter fraud. It says, as for now, the Registrar of Voters has no answers and suspects that the ballots were simply lost in transit by the United States Postal Service. Ladies and gentlemen, this has happened time and time again. And 2020, I might add, was not the first time that this has happened. This has happened since the inception of our country. They continue to steal it right now. They're stealing it in multiple states. And me personally, I think that even in these states where it seemed to run smoothly, I think a lot of people are being gaslit on all of that. It's being normalized. I mean, a number of things regarding the election right now are being normalized and and regarding all of this voter fraud. Using Dominion machines is being normalized. This is not normal. This should not happen. Filling out paper ballots, and then running them through a tabulation machine, which is either owned by Dominion or owned by someone else that can easily be manipulated, that's not normal either. But all of this is being normalized. If we receive a favorable outcome from a particular candidate that we voted for or a particular issue that we voted for, and it ends up working out in our favor, we were still using fraudulent devices and fraudulent means in order to vote. So, again, I think that's where a lot of the gaslighting is taking place. We're just being gaslit into believing not only that these machines are fraudulent when they're claiming they're not, and we receive a favorable outcome, but that waiting late into the morning and now days and potentially even weeks down the line for all of the quote-unquote votes to be counted is somehow normal. This is not normal. This is voter fraud. And it's going to continue to be this way until something else intervenes. The military has to intervene here. It's the only way. There there has to be an entity large enough beyond just us. Because as we know, again, it happened in 2020. It's happened before. It's happening right now. The media is just stealing it. The voices of the people in the media and on TV tell a vision, are showing people a vision of what lies ahead, which is they can say whatever they want, and whatever they say ends up being what people just have to put up with. 
As I said on Gab, and I'll round out this election talk with this, as I said on Gab, our government is so corrupt, and we as a nation are so corrupt, that the Second Amendment doesn't even exist. We have the right to own guns, even though that's being stripped even in the state of Oregon. They just voted to have massive gun restrictions. I believe it was, you're not allowed to have magazines that carry more than 10 rounds. And fortunately now, you have sheriffs throughout the state of Oregon who are saying, we are not going to enforce this. This is completely unconstitutional, and we're not going to enforce it. With that said, even Idaho has now voted, or I believe it was three counties in Oregon, voted to leave the state of Oregon and join Idaho. I mean, that's a cool deal. But as long as we continue to believe that there's a Second Amendment, which the way that it was really written was for us to defend ourselves against tyrannical government and the people who would take over our country and strip us of our rights, that we get to use deadly force in order to reinstate those rights that we have. Until that happens, we're being shown what the enemy has planned, which is we're just going to tell them they lost. And because we outnumber them, so they think anyway, they'll, they're just going to have to deal with it. The people and the common people are just going to have to deal with it. There's nothing that they can do about it. No, there's lots we can do about it. And unless the military intervenes, the good people in the military intervene, I'm telling you what, you're going to start seeing people do what they need to do to protect themselves, their homes, their property, you name it. If they continue to pass unconstitutional laws or put unconstitutional measures on ballots and then we vote a particular way and then those votes are stolen from us, Lethal force is the only thing that remains. I'm not advocating for it at this point. I wouldn't do that right now. But let's just connect some dots first. Let's just run everything through their logical conclusions and critically think about multiple scenarios. Because much like the jab talk and much like everything that's going on with the jabs, look what, look what the media did. They just said, trust us, we know what we're doing, and everybody just believed it. Not everybody, of course. We didn't, and countless people didn't. But if enough believe it, and enough just go along with it, and enough don't do anything about it, then they're just going to deal with it, and they're going to normalize it, and they're going to put up with it. Unless, of course, an outside party with all of the necessary intelligence information arrives, and tells the truth, and then those of us who already know what that truth is echo that message and get it out to as many people as humanly possible. I fully do believe that the bad guys are panicking without a doubt because they wouldn't be cheating if they weren't panicking. The, the cheating wouldn't be necessary. So yes, they're panicking because that's what people do when they panic, they cheat. In particular, again, when they want to cover up their crimes or they don't want to lose and a variety of other things. They don't want to give up power. So that's my summary on all of that. It's not going to go away 
until the people who are continuing to perpetuate it go away. And the entire process just becomes far more simple. As it's been said by even President Trump and, and endless other people, one day voting, paper ballots, hand count, being counted by hand. Again, <laughs> I said it earlier in the past episode, even Fox News aired footage during one of their voter day montage videos as they're talking over top of it that showed a guy filling out ballots by himself, multiple ballots. They had voter fraud on their own television screen, on their own screens, on their own broadcast. This is happening all over the place. And again, it's not just for gubernatorial candidates or uh, Senate races or whatever. It's tax issues. It's school levies. This kind of thing happens for those issues also because those kinds of people engage in those kinds of nefarious actions because they don't know how else to behave. It's just their behavior. It's who they actually are. Moving on. This was juicy. Had to get to it. Uh, my apologies to AJ Gochik. I can't wait. It's just, it's just too good. Dr. Simone Gold, ladies and gentlemen, redvoicemedia.com. This was from back on November 7th. It is titled, America's Frontline Doctors Files Lawsuit Against Founder Dr. Simone Gold. Gold purchased, the lawsuit states, a $3.6 million home in Naples, Florida without authorization from the Board of Directors. It says the following, quote, Just let it wash over you like a warm blanket. I love this. Quote, America's Frontline Doctors, AFLDS, an organization of doctors providing independent information from the world's top experts in medicine and law, so they think, is facing internal controversy regarding the rightful leadership of the organization, which has resulted in a lawsuit being filed against the organization's founder, Dr. Simone Gold. Joseph Gilbert, who was appointed as AFLDS chairman of the board, Chief Operating Officer and Director of Strategy after Gold was sentenced to 60 days in prison as a part of the January 6th investigation, is a plaintiff in the lawsuit, along with AFLDS and Free Speech Foundation. The plaintiffs allege that the defendant, Gold, spent millions of dollars of funds raised that were meant to support actions taken by AFLDS. According to the lawsuit, Money raised by AFLDS was meant to be spent, quote, exclusively for charitable purposes and, quote, to perform every act or acts necessary, incidental to or connected with the furtherance of its charitable, scientific, literary, religious, and educational purposes, with a focus on educating the public on the enduring importance of the Bill of Rights to America's history and civic traditions, unquote. The lawsuit requests immediate injunctive relief, which would require Gold to return control of AFLDS resources seized, including email, bank systems, etc., to the Board of Directors, restrict Gold from using AFLDS finances for personal reasons, and more. Now, I'm going to interject real quick. 
that press release, the timing of that press release, as A.J. Gochik pointed out, was, was perfect. It was perfect for a cover-up and a deflection and a distraction. They released that press release about relieving Joseph Gilbert of his, of his duties because they were claiming that he was stealing things. And now he's countersuing and saying, uh-uh, I wasn't the one stealing anything. You were stealing things. False equivalency, ladies and gentlemen. Someone has to be wrong. Is it possible that they're both colluding and they're both grifters and they're both wrong? That's possible. But the blame game is also possible too. And again, let's ask ourselves some serious questions here. Simone Gold does not practice law anymore. She doesn't practice medicine either, to my knowledge. Joseph Gilbert practices law. He still practices law. He has a, he has a firm in Nevada. So he's making money doing that. Where is Simone Gold making her money? I think we know now. Allegedly. It says, quote, Gold purchased, the lawsuit states, a $3.6 million home in Naples, Florida, without authorization from the board of directors. She now resides in the home rent-free, along with former AFLDS employee John Strand. Additionally, the lawsuit alleges that Gold purchased three vehicles with the, AF, with the AFLDS funds, including a Mercedes-Benz Sprinter van, a Hyundai Genesis, and a GMC Denali. In addition to the extravagant purchases, Gold also allegedly spent monthly amounts of $12,000 on a personal security officer and $5,600 on a personal housekeeper plus other personal items placed on credit cards belonging to AFLDS in the amount of nearly $50,000 per month, quote-unquote. Gold is also accused of using AFLDS monies to purchase two private plane flights at least twice, with one of the, in- with one of the instances exceeding $100,000. Aside from her own spending, the lawsuit claims that Strand, with whom Gold was living, also had access to the AFLDS credit cards and that he spent between $15,000 and $17,000 per month. I'm going to interject something else. As you've heard me say about John Strand, allegedly, they are either dating or he is allegedly gay and he's kind of her beard, basically. Her pretend boyfriend. Many years younger. Now, I'm going to opine for just a moment. I don't know of any straight man who wears sequins on his shoes and fur coats. That's just me, but I've never met somebody like that. I've seen John Strand in person with my own eyes, and ladies and gentlemen, mm, I'm going to tell you, let's say uh, he doesn't exactly bat for the straight team. That's just my take. That's just my two cents. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Not to mention, where is he making his money? Does he have a job? What's going on? It continues. Gold resigned, the lawsuit says, on February 2nd of 2022 so that, quote, she could devote time and energy to her vision of opening health and wellness centers nationwide, unquote 
At that time, the board unanimously voted to accept Gold's resignation, voted Mr. Gilbert into the chairman position, Amy Landau as the executive director, and the remaining board members as Jurgen Matthiasis, if I'm saying that right, probably not, and Richard Mack. Gold was kept on as a contractor with the intent of her serving as the face, quote-unquote, of AFLDS. She was awarded a $1.5 million signing bonus and a $50,000 monthly consulting fee. Honest to God. Here we go. It continues. Despite the separation, Gold began using AFLDS employees for work at her for-profit company, Gold Care Marketing Services, LLC allowing AFLDS to pay their salaries despite doing little to no work for AFLD. Gold was sentenced to 60 days in prison for her January 6th involvement in June, on June 22, 2022, and was released from her time served on September 9, 2022. During her time behind bars, the board claims that they stated finding misdeeds done by Gold resulting in the hiring of a forensic auditor, the completion of a compensation study, and a complete financial audit by a third party. In October, the plaintiffs say that Gold put herself back in the role of, ch of chairman and president of AFLDS without any authorization from the board, signing letters in this fashion but not having legal authority to do so. She also began peddling lies about Gilbert, the lawsuit says, telling potential donors that he has been engaging in financial improprieties, ethical violations, and corruption, quote-unquote. Gold told AFLDS's treasurer to not abide by directions from the board of directors regarding funds of the, of the entity's bank accounts and payments and seize control of electronic mail, website, domain names, systems, DNSs, and other electronic databases, and also locked some employees out of the systems. Aside from returning control to the board, the lawsuit also requests that Gold be ordered to stop making statements against Gilbert, and that she stop presenting herself as a representative employee officer and director of AFLDS. The lawsuit was filed in Florida and demands a trial by jury. Despite the lawsuit claims, a press release was issued on AFLDS's letterhead on November 3rd, the day before the lawsuit was filed, stating that Dr. Gold was reaffirming her leadership role as the founder, president, and board chairman of AFLDS. The press release claims that Gold and the board had discussed her stepping down from her role prior to her hyperpartisan political incarceration, quote-unquote, but that the move was never legally made. On Gilbert, AFLDS's press release quoted Gold as saying, quote, It is with great sadness that I must announce that Mr. Gilbert has repeatedly acted unethically, exhibiting a clear pattern of inappropriate and damaging behavior, including numerous instances of self-dealing and threats made to employees of financial retaliation and termination if they fail to comply with his demands, unquote. The release goes on to say that AFLDS will 
will again be put through an internal audit and investigation reviewing financial records and board actions taken while Gold was indisposed in prison. Dr. Gold has not returned a request for comment on the lawsuit at the time of this writing, unquote. I'll tell you what. You leave the largest crisis that's ever occurred in our lifetime. To grifters, it's game over. They're always going to be out there. They're always going to seek to, to financially take advantage of those that are seeking for help. And these kinds of people, ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Gold can do all of the heart hands she wants. Heart hands, heart hands over my chest. She came out of prison with this gimmick heart hands thing. I mean, somebody should tell her that the heart hands thing is 20 years old for teenage, teenage girls, okay? No one does that anymore. Maybe her prison friends in prison do heart hands, but the gimmick is old and grifters always come out at times like this. I mean, it's in the Bible, for God's sakes. These people show up, they look a particular way, they draw people in, and then they end up getting taken advantage of. The false prophets, if you were. I'm not going to continue to pat myself on the back, because my back is so bruised right now from talking about Simone Gold and doing that already, it doesn't bear repeating. But you do know I called this this grifter out a long time ago. And I hope that this lawsuit sticks. I hope it's legit. Because people like this need to be caught. They need to be held accountable. I don't care who they are. They need to be held accountable. Money needs to be returned. She owes me $89.50. I can't be the only person. Just saying. You know, just saying. But I do want to get AJ's take on it too. Uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible. These people are just the worst that society has to offer, allegedly, allegedly. And I don't, uh, I don't care for them. I don't care for them. Never have, never will. And this is one of the advantages. Again, it's by the grace of God and, uh, the way that my parents raised me, sit in the back of the room and watch the whole room, watch the whole landscape, watch the entire picture. Don't sit up front because your back is to the majority of the room. You can't see other people's reactions. You know, if you sit at the front of a room when people are on stage giving a speech, all you're seeing and hearing are them. You're too close. You need to stand further away. Like when I was at that White Coat Summit thing in San Antonio over a year ago, I sat in the back. I was invited to sit up, uh, up closer to the front, and I thought, no, 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 no. I'm here to be objective, and I'm here to see what really is going on. I'm here to see who's telling the truth, who uses the words depopulation, who says bioweapon, and not the word vaccine. And then I ended up walking away learning a whole lot more about why they're doing what they're doing, why Dr. Gold's doing what she's doing. It seemed hinky, without a doubt. And, you know... Some seeds are apparently starting to grow. So I'm going to do my best to stay with this story, see what happens, and wow, 
if this turns out to be 100% legit, fingers crossed, that, uh, that she's been grifting the entire time, I'll tell you what, the people with crow in their mouth and humble pie all over their face is going to be endless. It's going to be endless. I even, again, just to revisit one thing, okay? <laughs> I know it sounds like back padding, but my apologies. I even warned Kate Daly about this. When I was on her show that one time, and I only wanted to go on once, but I just, I, I said to her in between the, the commercial break, I said, be careful, be careful with Dr. Gold and AFLDS. Be real careful. I said, Dr. Merritt, Dr. Lee Merritt isn't even associating herself anymore with, with that group, and most people aren't. I said, be careful. She goes, oh, wow, that's different. I, I haven't heard that. And I was like, yeah, well, be careful. And she's had Dr. Gold on since. And she had Dr. Gold on during the summer. I brought, I brought that up on this show. Seemed odd. Eventually, you got to close the door to people. I mean, I like Kate Daly a lot. I mean, she's, she's a smart gal. But, you know, these grifters, I'll tell you what, they're everywhere. And when a crisis strikes, they always pop up. They're the bad penny that always shows up. Okay, moving on here to education-related things, and then I'm going to slide back into the jab-related things here toward the end, along with a little, again, an interesting theory as to uh, what Trump might have to say on Tuesday. And again, it may, it may just be a giant head fake. It might be another one of those, I'm going to say this, and then it draws out the enemy, because clearly that's what's happening right now regarding all the election talk and the DeSantis talk and all of that. It's clearly a purposeful distraction in order to basically figure, you know, find all of these pseudo-conservatives, all these rhinos and all these grifters, the Dave Rubens of the world and the Dennis Pragers and the Ben Shapiros and even the Candace Owenses and, you know, all these other people. They, they, uh, they all shake hands. They all sign each other's checks. And then, of course, you toss in the old anti-Semitic nonsense that's going on right now. And, you know, you're going to find out who's, uh, who knows real history and who doesn't. I'll tell you what, what people do for money is disgusting. It's just disgusting to me. Uh, you know, I don't know. A dollar bill flies in front of their face and, and they just, they run for it. It's, it's gross. Anyway, here we go. This comes from Fox News, and you may recall something like this because I actually, I think I wrote about this in, certainly in some of my books. And I, I think I've brought this up on this show specifically, but Colorado just voted to decriminalize psychedelic mushrooms. Now, I don't think I have to get into this story very uh, specifically to sort of just bring this up. I wrote about this years and years and years ago, and I said, when Colorado legalized the use of marijuana, you're instantly highlighting a state where you are not going to want to be a school teacher. Because your teachers are going to be high. You're going to have students who are high. The building is going to smell like dope. And that's just what's going to be the case on a constant basis. You can't expect people to learn while they're under the influence 
of a habit-forming drug, and yes, it is habit-forming. Um, th- this is just this is just times ten. This is just worse. Now you're going to have students in school and in college overdosing or attempting to go to class or dropping out or all of the things that come with drug use. Not to mention literacy rates dropping, uh, academic achievement dropping. Pick a subject. It's not going to matter. Colorado is, is a failed state from what I can tell. I, I, I can't believe this particular move, but they're setting the tone for a lot of what's going on nationwide. I mean, they were one of the first regarding the legalization of marijuana. It was medical. I mean, that's the slippery slope, is it not? That was medical, and then it was legal for recreational use. And now here we are with the legalization of recreational use of a psychedelic drug. Slippery slope. I, I can't imagine being a school teacher in the state of Colorado. Can't imagine it. I can't imagine being a school teacher anywhere, frankly. But uh, certainly New York, apparently, with what is allegedly coming up here with Hochul going to uh, implement mandatory jabs or attempt to mandate mandatory jabs, require mandatory jabs, I should say, among all K-12 students in the state of New York after Thanksgiving. That's apparently a thing. She's apparently going to try that again. And there you go. So we're going to keep an eye on that one without a doubt. Okay, next up. This was a bit hinky too. They're saying fentanyl, but then I read other stories about this and they couldn't determine the cause of death nor the cause of hospitalization. This comes from AL.com, Alabama. Selma student dies, several hospitalized, and officials are unsure if incidents are linked. It says an investigation is underway after a student became unresponsive at Selma High School Tuesday and later died at the hospital. Several other other students were later transported to the hospital to be checked out, said Selma Police Captain Natasha Folks. If I'm saying that right, probably not. It says that authorities said that a 16-year-old boy was found unresponsive in the school's cafeteria. He was taken to Vaughn Regional Medical Center where he was pronounced dead. The others were hospitalized as the afternoon progressed. Folks said police don't know if all the incidents are connected. A 16-year-old boy's body will be transferred to the Alabama Department of Forensic Sciences to determine the cause and manner of death. Again, I came across another story almost immediately regarding this. I think it was on the Gateway Pundit. It said that it was fentanyl. That it was a fentanyl overdose, and that's why other people got sick. But apparently now they're, they're not saying that. So I don't know what to believe. I'm going to read this statement from their superintendent, but here's what I do know. It is within the bounds and within the realm of endless possibilities that American K-12 schools and universities alike would use drug overdose as a cover for dying from the jabs. That's possible. They would do that. Fell off their bike and, and hit their head, had a bike accident, and died. Well, were they jabbed? I mean, isn't that kind of the, the, the constant question that we all have? 
you know, they died of a car accident and they hit a tree. They were they were dead on the scene. Were they jabbed? So anyway, uh, let's see. Oh, I'm, my apologies. This is from the mayor, the mayor of Selma, James Perkins Jr. Also issued a statement following the incident. Quote. Truly, yesterday was a tragic day in Selma. We lost another child, and several children needed emergency care at the hospital. There is nothing easy about losing a child and the agony of sitting in an ER waiting to find out whether your child will be okay is in is a pain no parent, rather, should endure. To the family, schoolmates, and friends of the deceased, know that your mayor has a heavy heart and grieves with you. Because the deceased is a juvenile, we will not mention him by name. Just know that his death is very close to me. I considered him a son. They all do, don't they? The Selma City School System has the full support of the city and state. Today, the investigation continues to determine exactly what took place at Selma High School on yesterday. The Selma Police Department supported by the State Bureau of Investigation and Dallas County Sheriff's Department, is doing an investigation. Be assured that as soon as I receive facts that can be shared with the public, see that's a key word, right? a key line right there, be, be assured that as soon as I receive facts that can be shared with the public, if it's jab-related, I bet they don't say anything about that. It says that, in, that information will be officially shared with you by law enforcement, school system officials, and me. Yes, I'm sure you'll all tell the truth. Jumping to conclusions or making unproven statements may interfere with the investigation. I ask that we not do that. In the meantime, let us continue in prayer for the family, all of our children, and the entire community. Unquote. I'm, I'm going to tell you something. I... Uh, it's going to take, I, I don't know the cause of death. I'm just going to say this. It's going to take individuals on camera, mayors, city council members, superintendents, school board members, et cetera, et cetera. It's going to take those kinds of meetings on video with those individuals losing consciousness or dying on film in order to wake up local areas. I'm telling you right now. I know that sounds tasteless. I mean, I know how I sound. However, putting the feelings aside for a minute, it's going to take that kind of blunt force truth in order to wake people up and then turn their guns to those kinds of people to essentially hold accountable for all the suggestions they made on taking the jabs. Which leads me to this. This was a bit jab-related, I think, but who knows? Cicely from New Mexico sent me this, and it's a very vague story about a school district being sued. But the words that are used in this lawsuit and what they're accusing the school district of Take these words and apply it to them implementing jabs and encouraging people to take these bioweapons. It does not matter if they didn't know that these are killing people. That doesn't matter. They can't, they're not going to be able to claim plausible deniability and say, well, we didn't know. They overstepped their bounds when they made these suggestions. 
They overstepped their bounds when they encouraged people. They overstepped their bounds as school districts and universities when they mandated them in many cases. And people believed mandates to be mandatory when, of course, the word mandate does not mean mandatory. This comes from the Farmington Daily Times, dailytimes.com. It says lawsuit filed against Aztec School District. Again, don't pay attention so much, I don't think, to what, what they're being sued for because they don't get into the specifics. But pay attention to the words because this, this, this can be applied to the jabs in the future going forward here. It says a lawsuit filed this week by the parents of an Aztec high school student alleges that the Aztec school district engaged in behavior that created emotional and physical harm against a minor. Emotional and physical harm against a minor. Broad phrase, broad terms there, but apply it to the jabs, let's just say. Again, is this jab related? I don't know. It doesn't say. But it then says this. It says the suit, which was filed in San Juan County's Judicial Court, further accuses Aztec High School Assistant Principal Charta Sanders, as well as the high school's football coach, Hank Strauss, of, quote, engaging in extreme and outrageous conduct and negligence in hiring practices, as well as a breach of contract to provide a safe educational environment. Now, this might have something to do with, I'm guessing, uh, assault or battery of some kind around a sporting event or a locker room or what have you. I'm, I'm spitballing and I'm guessing. But focus on those words and apply it to the jabs just for a second. This story, again, unrelated, just the words. Engaging in extreme and outrageous conduct as well as a breach of contract to provide a safe educational environment. Can that be jab-related? Could, could lawyers in the future apply that to every K-12 school and university across the nation, and then we actually live to watch them crumble to the ground? Yes, that is highly plausible. In my opinion, that's highly plausible, because that's what they've done. It continues, though, this particular story. It says a copy of the lawsuit, which was obtained by the Daily Times, details an alleged incident on the high school campus September 2nd in which Strauss was charged with criminal battery. It says the suit goes on to detail events that the school district participated in, in which the suit states have caused the student to experience severe suffering, emotional distress, anxiety, humiliation, and other losses. Bullying and intimidation, physical battery, verbal assault. Okay, that's what it was about. My point is, again, that same kind of legal language can be applied to the jabs. And this is what these school districts have not figured out nor considered, or they're so full of hubris that they actually believe that they are invincible from any legal action going forward, either individually or collectively, regarding their mere suggestions to take these shots. Because again, keep in mind, many K-12 school districts are on YouTube regarding all of their school board meetings. 
So they would have to go back in time and delete all of that. Well, that's obstruction of justice then. You're getting rid of evidence of you openly stating that you suggest that people take shots. So again, the story doesn't have to do with shots, but I'm just, again, I'm referencing the language. The language is beyond suspicious. But I think that it's language, again, that can be used going forward because this is starting to make even the corrupt mainstream media now. This comes from NBC News. Myocarditis after COVID vaccination. Research on possible long-term risks underway. Both Pfizer and Moderna are launching clinical trials to track health issues, if any, in the years following the diagnosis of vaccine-associated heart problems in teens and young adults. They're late to the game. That was on November 12th of this year. They're late to the game. This is the deadly slow roll of the truth from the corrupt mainstream media. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Any goon who believes the mainstream media, who is reading this or watching this on their televisions, NBC Nightly News, whatever it may be, I'll tell you what, I think the cognitive dissonance is going to be so strong that they're not even going to make the connection to themselves. We already know that a lot of people, again, are are dead and permanently damaged as a result of this, and they aren't making the connections. They're going, well, we didn't see it coming. It was completely unforeseen. I, I, don't, know, I don't know what's happening. I'll tell you what, they're, they're culpable too. The mainstream media is in on this. Voter fraud, bioweapon, COVID lie. Pick a crime. I mean, pick one. It's just, it's overwhelming. It's overwhelming and exhausting. I'll give you one more thing that's overwhelming and exhausting. And I've mentioned this before, but it bears repeating. There apparently was a beauty pageant that was held in a northeastern state where a boy pretending to be a girl won. Um, I'm not going to read the article. I'm not going to get into it because it's insane. The point is, is that my disappointment doesn't lie in a mentally ill person pretending to be a girl. That, that's not disappointing at this stage of the game, in my opinion. That's sort of par for the course for the mentally ill. You see what I mean? But my disappointment lies with every other female, biological female, who participated in that beauty pageant and actually allowed it to take place. They all stood behind this guy, applauded, yay! He, she, it, they, whatever, won. Let's all applaud them. No. Nope. Walk off the stage or don't participate in the first place. Oh, you mean a transgender is participating in a beauty pageant? When we're all supposed to be females, but they're pretending because they're mentally ill? Nope. Unenroll yourself from that beauty pageant. Go read a book. Do something else. You can't have a one-person contest. I've said this endless times. All these people participating in all of these college sporting events. You know, the, uh, the dude pretending to be a girl who swam for Penn State. Same thing. Why, why, why were other teammates there? Why? 
Why were they why were they going along with it? Their mere participation alongside that mentally ill person condones the entire activity. So just don't participate. But Sean, they'll lose their scholarships. But Sean, they wanted to be in a beauty pageant. But Sean, they'll lose money and opportunity and blah, blah, blah. Will they? Will they? Or will they just highlight the insanity and give these organizations that are supporting these insane people nowhere to go? See, this is the critical thinking that is, that is being lost in all of this, that is absent in all of this. If they just got together as real biological participants and said, look, we're not going to go to that next swim meet. We're not going to go to that beauty pageant because they can't rule by their own rules that one person represents the entire organization and can compete by themselves. They can't. They'll have to forfeit. Therefore, the entire contest ceases to exist. That's what people have to do going forward. So I blame the other participants. I blame the parents. This is the state of society where parents are going along with this, with their young children and saying, well, congratulations. You know, you did the right thing. They, they were a, a boy pretending to be a girl. You're a biological girl. It's a female beauty contest, but you did the right thing. And you know, congratulations to them in representing this area for Miss America or whatever the hell it was. What a waste. What a waste of time, energy, and brains. It's disgusting. I think it's disgusting. But, hey, if they're dumb enough to participate in a stupid activity in the first place, then, you know, play stupid games, win stupid prizes. I don't know what else to say on it. It's ridiculous. Okay, two final things here. Two final things. I alluded to this earlier and made mention of it earlier, but I do want to read this because this is, this is well done. I like this. This, again, comes from Oregon and how they just passed some measure, apparently, that, again, limits the amount of ammunition that a person can have or the amount of magazines that a person can have. This is from Lynn County Sheriff's, the Lynn County Sheriff's Office, I believe, on Facebook, if I'm not mistaken here, in Oregon. It says the following, message from Sheriff Michelle Duncan on ballot measure 114. It says, unfortunately, quote, we are seeing the passage of ballot measure 114, which creates a required permitting system in order to purchase firearms and ban gun magazines capable of holding more than 10 rounds. This is a terrible law for gun owners, crime victims, and public safety. I want to send a clear message to Lynn County residents that the Lynn County Sheriff's Office is not going to be enforcing magazine capacity limits. This measure is poorly written, and there is still a lot that needs to be sorted out regarding the permitting process. Who has to do the training, and what exactly does the training have to cover? In the coming days, I will work with other law enforcement partners, elected officials, and community members on the best course of action to take on permitting. I want to ensure anything we do or don't do will not hinder gun owners' rights to purchase firearms intentionally or unintentionally. Although I am hopeful that the passing of this measure will result in an immediate lawsuit against it, as it should, there is still going to be a lot, of, a lot to sort out 
on how this will impact our residents, the Lynn County Sheriff's Office, and other police agencies in Oregon. I will continue to inform the public as decisions are made, Sheriff Michelle Duncan, unquote. Good, because it's called the Constitution. And we have it. And if a state violates it, then the state is violating it. You've heard me say this. How on earth did something like that even make it to a ballot? How is it that illegal voting can make its way to a ballot in a state? Illegal voting, having, having illegals be able to vote, let alone a specific gun restrictive measure like this. How on earth is that even constitutional? It's not, which means do we even have a constitution? I don't know. But it better be reinstated to the full force of its original existence in the near future, ladies and gentlemen, or things are going to get real interesting in the near future. Let me finish with this. This was from GreatAwakening.Win. I enjoyed reading this. Again, I know people would call this hopium. I fully understand. I get it. But given all of the other things that have come out recently here regarding, regarding the money laundering that has taken place, the Powerball, $1 billion plus dollar winning apparently that is even fraudulent, that, that people are questioning, and rightfully so, all of this money being filtered into these cryptocurrency agencies, and then, I mean, the whole thing is a bit complicated. Uh, I've read a lot. I've read about it because it's been bouncing around on these boards now for a few days. But the money laundering is just insane. We we need we need some sort of intervention here from from the military or something else, or it's going to be us. And if it's us, I'm afraid it's going to look chaotic and unorganized. Um, but many wars are, I suppose, until they become more organized and more directed at the enemy. I think a lot of uh, I, I personally think a lot of accurate groups of people are being attacked right now and I think that that's a good thing. It's being exposed and it's and it's and it's being um it's being highlighted and anybody sitting back and watching it has to be critically thinking about a great many things. But this is just one of those things and I and I just want to mention this. Again, this is just one person's take. I like it. I think it's interesting. It certainly makes me feel nice and warm and fuzzy inside and why not? I mean, I think we've I think we've earned it after all this voter fraud, have we not? So it says the following and it is titled My Hope for Trump's November 15th speech. Quote, My fellow Americans, we have reached the precipice. You have endured the most sophisticated counterintelligence operation in the history of this republic, in the history of the world. With the help of the Space Force Guardians, National Guard, NSA, and parts of other agencies, programs, and contractors, we have successfully completed surveillance and indisputable documentation of voter fraud and foreign interference in now our last three elections, as well as foreign occupation of a U.S. territory. As of this moment, over 400,000-plus sealed indictments have now been unsealed, the consequences of which will extend to each of our own communities, from senators and representatives to government agencies, media, big tech, big business, big pharma, and many other corrupt organizations. Justice will now be served. 
I want to thank all of you who have persevered through this difficult journey and thank those who will continue to help others who may not understand. This once great country has lost its way, but together, with your help, we will return to greater to greatness greater than ever before. My fellow Americans, the storm is upon us. Thank you and God bless America. They, of course, are hoping that that will be the exact speech. <laughs> it probably won't be, but it reads well, does it not? It certainly sounds nice, and I, I enjoy it. They finish their post by saying the following. Obama and Bush are also set to give speeches after Trump on the 15th. Imagine that, during each respective speech, military servicemen interrupt, slap on handcuffs, and give both former presidents the side of beef special. How's that for future direction? Anyway, here's my hopium for the 15th. Maybe we can will it into existence. Nevertheless, I love you all, and God bless. Where we go one, we go all. Nothing can stop what is coming, unquote. In the words of Donald Trump, let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens. I'll tell you what, all of that stuff doesn't mean, of course, that we just sit around and we do nothing. We have to keep paying attention to what's going on. We have to continue to communicate with people that we know about what's really going on, the people who are awake. Because as you've heard me say, the people who are not awake, it's only a matter of time before they continue to just get hit over the head with the truth. But we got to keep moving forward here, without a doubt. I'll catch you on Wednesday, everybody. Thanks for listening. Take care. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.